with the seventh pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Buffalo Bills select Josh Allen. It's in time, and the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran the midfield goal back. Welcome back to the 14th episode of After the Buzzer. I'm your host, Jackson. Dave, my co-host here, is on this episode once again. David, how are you? Doing great. Glad to be back for another one. Yeah, we are very excited about this episode. Um, bringing on a special guest who has been on the episode before. He knows a little bit about it. Former co-host, Patrick Whalen. Patrick, how are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, it's been a long-awaited uh, return. But I know the viewers miss me, and uh, we're going to put out a great episode today, you know? Yes, we are. We are going to put out a great episode. And it's going to start out with probably the biggest announcement in after the buzzer's uh, short, but, um, short but strong career. We are going to be coming out with merchandise. Yes, merchandise for you listeners. Um, right now, we're looking into the logistics of it, um, design concepts that kind of stuff, but um, we definitely want to be coming out with merchandise for our listeners to wear and to be able to support the podcast and kind of spread the word a little bit so that we can grow. Um, Like I said, uh, we'll get more information out to you guys either via the Instagram page or as uh, episodes keep coming out, but um, we're we're looking into getting t-shirts and hoodies out for the listeners, um, let us know what you guys want. If there is something different that you want, or you know, if you have ideas about a, a design concept or you know, colors, color schemes, that kind of stuff, we want to be able to provide for what you guys want. So let us know at the email, which is afterthebuzzer22 at gmail.com or at afterthebuzzerpod, which is our Instagram page. Um, like I said, we're going to be posting stuff on there about um, you know, final ideas. But just let us know what you guys are wanting um, so that we can get you the best possible stuff uh, for you guys and the best possible stuff that you want. Uh, but from from there, that's that's a big announcement. Um, so we're gonna we'll move now into the the regular portion of the show. We'll start with the MLB. Um, a couple of big free agent signings. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays acquired George Springer on a five-year, $150 million deal. And just recently, uh, today, Marcus Simeon at a, on a one-year, $18 million deal. Uh, the Phillies also re-signed JT Realmuto to a five-year, $115.5 million deal. But the biggest news that I want to talk about is that just uh, maybe half an hour ago, the Hall of Fame ballot came out, and nobody was was elected to the Hall of Fame this year, which kind of surprised some people. But the biggest surprise of it was that Barry Bonds and Kurt Schilling, who I'll get more on on him a, a little bit later, were not elected. And now they're coming into their final year of eligibility to make the Hall of Fame. Now, Kurt Schilling just recently said he did not want to be on the ballot next year. He was frustrated with the, the voters that he wasn't selected. Um, so now that Schilling, as of now, does not want to be on the ballot or be considered, 
Uh, do you guys think that Bonds deserves to be in with the steroids, or do you think that um, he doesn't deserve to be in? We'll start out with you, Waylon. What do you think? Well, first of all, uh, Barry Bonds it was the most amazing player in baseball for a 10-year stretch, right? Regardless if he took steroids, right? So if if you're saying that guy deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, yes, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But uh, baseball writers are the most – they're terrible people. They don't care who the player was, what they did. I mean, for God's sakes, they held Ted Williams out one, uh, one vote to go unanimous because people didn't like him. Let's be honest. It's baseball. Mm. They play baseball. They're not they, – they don't have to be likable. They just have to play good baseball. But baseball writers are never going to be – they're never going to put the front foot forward. They're never going to turn the cheek. So might as well not even try anymore. I understand why Kurt Schilling's uh, frustrated. Yeah, I can understand that too. Dave, what do you think? Yeah, um, I think I think Bonds definitely deserves to get in regardless because if you look back at the time period he was playing in, about every player that was dominant during then was taking some sort of performance-enhancing drug. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say... I'm not saying he's gonna get in, obviously, but they've they've tried to get in for like the past nine years or something. Yeah. But I I don't think it's gonna happen. But sure, like I'll sure he'll be in consideration again, I guess. Yeah. Um. I get it's just I, in my from my perspective, I think it's gonna be just another year. But my biggest thing is if an if a team like the Houston Astros who have possible, I mean Jose Altuve is a possible Hall of Famer looking at his numbers so far. Um, the way he hit for average and home runs and stolen bases and defense. Um, if they can get in with knowing the sign stealing uh, scandal that happened, I think that you should definitely allow a player like Bonds in, especially when you think about it. You'd much rather have a player who can hit the ball 500 feet. You'd much rather pitch to someone like him because you can still keep him off balance than just any regular player, even like Altuve, who's a smaller guy, so, you know, doesn't necessarily hit uh, home runs as much. Uh, it's much easier to pitch to a guy who doesn't know what's coming than a guy who does. And um, with Barry Bonds, although he was, you know, he was taking steroids, he was still getting walked a lot because of how feared he was. He was still, I mean, he was probably one of the biggest sports figures of his time. Um, but even before that, when he was with Pittsburgh and not taking steroids, he still had some some great years. I mean, he was Rookie of the Year. Um, he was the All-Star Game MVP in 1990 with, with, the, with Pittsburgh. Um, so it's, uh, he was a good player even before steroids, obviously even better afterwards. He currently holds the lead for all-time home runs. I think he definitely does deserve to be in, um, even with this steroid scandal, just because of how how big of a – how important he was to Major League Baseball and how – think about now how they play. They're really trying to hit home runs. Maybe that's a result of his game. So I think he does deserve to be in. But again, like you said, Patrick, I don't think the uh, – the writers will want him to be in just because of they know of what he's done. Yeah, Jack, Jack Go ahead. is right. Uh, and another thing I just wanted to point out, Barry Bonds and Kurt Schilling were two of the most hated players in baseball by the media. Uh, they, no one liked them, but they were outstanding players, regardless of steroids. 
So I, I just don't expect them to get in, even though I think Bonds should. I don't know if Schilling should. I don't think Schilling was as good as Bonds. Bonds was uh, – he was he was sensational. So, you know, it's just not going to happen, which is which is terrible. Yeah, I mean, if you just if you didn't know about the steroids and you just looked at the numbers, Barry Bonds would look like a top three player of all time between the home runs. And I mean, he was getting walked um, in 2004. He was walked 232 times, which is really unheard of. Um, but with the RBIs that he would produce and the home runs and how you know how terrifying I guess for pitchers it was when he stepped up to the plate, um, it, it it will be kind of sad if he does not make it in this next year moving on to the nfl probably one of the biggest storylines of last week was were the afc and nfc championship games the bucks uh beat out the uh not the patriots the packers um 31 26 and the chiefs beat the bills 38 24 we won't be talking about our super bowl predictions in this episode we're going to save that for next week's episode just so it's a little bit closer to the super bowl and we get you know the final injury reports and that kind of stuff but for right now we're going to be talking about those games who is to blame for the Packers loss now if you weren't watching the game the it was a close game throughout the Packers were in the in the red zone they were driving and it came down to uh they did not score on third down Aaron Rodgers it looked like had a chance to run it in but he didn't it was an incompletion and Matt LaFleur sent out the the kicking unit with what was it maybe Three minutes left to go, two minutes left to go. A uh, lot of hate on that just because um, that really is good gambling on, you know, not letting uh, Tom Brady, probably well, definitely the greatest quarterback of all time, get a first down. So a lot of, you know, mixed reviews on who's to blame. I want to hear your opinion. Patrick, who do you think is to blame for the Packers' loss? Uh, I think there's – I mean, you can't really put out the blame like that. I think – you know, uh, Rodgers could have played better, even though he played good enough. Uh, Lafleur could have made better decisions. Jones didn't have to fumble. But I think that the one person we should talk about is Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles, ex-New York Jets head coach, put out a great game plan. His defense was flying around. He put pressure on Rodgers. Rodgers was sacked 25 times during the season. He was sacked 10 times during uh, that game. So, uh, Todd Bowles did a great job. Uh, you know, everyone on the Packers could have done more that dropped, uh, two point conversion. But the one thing I'm seeing in the media is Tom Brady's being treated like he went six touchdowns, zero interceptions, 500 yards. The man went yeah. three touchdowns, three interceptions. Let's be honest. Uh, I mean, nobody kisses the ring of Tom Brady, like skip Bayless. And I just can't take it anymore. <laughs> You know, as an AFC East fan and a Patriots hater, I, I don't know what I can do anymore. I mean, I'll say he's the GOAT. I'll say it. He is. But let's be he, – he, what did he do? What? Yeah. Exactly. And he's yeah, being treated you, like Dave. he solidified that he is the greatest athlete on the face of the earth, which exactly. is just terrible. Yeah, I like that take, and I kind of was going to talk about that in mind. But for now, Dave, what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree with Pat a lot there. But when it comes to who deserves the blame the most, I think you could you could come up with a case for almost about every spot you could come up with on the Packers. But I'm I would give it to Lafleur. You can't 
not go for it. Fourth and goal at the eight. When you're down by eight points with two minutes left, mm-hmm. and you just take the points for a field goal. You can't you can't just rule out Tom Brady with two minutes left. That's just that's not how he rolls. So I think I mean there's there's obviously more to blame. Kevin King played awful. Yeah. He had a three touch that was awful. At the, and then Adams was locked up the whole time too and he dropped some really crucial catches if you got if you're watching. But at that situation you have to go for it. I just I don't see why he, he wouldn't do that. For me, I have to go with this might be a little you know out there. I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. Now, this oh. is the this is the MVP mo- I mean, pretty much of the season. This is, he's been balling the whole year. He he put up uh 296 yards and two touchdowns, which is modest for his his standards against the Rams, but he did what he needed to do against a good defense. And even you look at the Buccaneers game, 346 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. That's a really good game, but you need to do better. And I'm not just talking about the, the rushing touchdown that looked available um, at that the last play he had, um, because that, I mean, that obviously would have been nice, and he made the decision to go with Devontae Adams, who was clearly covered. But when Tom Brady throws three interceptions in the second half and only 280 yards in the whole game, along with his three touchdowns, you need to capitalize on that. That's not a winning quarterback statistical line, especially for a guy who's considered the greatest of all time, and he is the greatest of all time, in the playoffs. You, that, you have to be able to capitalize on that. And I think the defense did a good enough job holding the offense. Like like you said, Dave, Kevin King played really bad, especially laying up that touchdown at the end of the second half. But if you're Aaron Rodgers, you need to be able to, in a big game like this, you need to be able to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. You need to be better because you are the MVP candidate this year. You are the one who's supposed to say, this is my team. I'm the leader of this team. I need to be better. I've only, you know, I've only won one NFC championship game. I need to get to the Super Bowl again and solidify my spot as an all-time great. He couldn't do that. Um, even with Brady throwing the three interceptions in the second half, he couldn't, the offense couldn't capitalize on it. Um, I mean, Devontae Adams had nine catches again. Uh, but like you said, Dave, you know, a couple crucial catches here and there. But I, when it comes down to it, I think Aaron Rodgers uh, needs to be better throughout the whole game. And again, that rushing touchdown would have been nice at the end. But, you know, that's that's just how it rolls sometimes. In the Chiefs-Bills game, like I mentioned before, uh, it was a 38-24 to score. It kind of was the Chiefs game uh, after the first quarter, pretty much from the second quarter on. Um but Patrick Mahomes, obviously coming off of a concussion in against the Browns game, uh, came back, was able to get through the protocol successfully and play. There are lots of talks about how that would affect him, how his turf toe would affect him. He looked all right um, in the game. Obviously wasn't moving around really well. Um, if you watch the game, he looked like he was limping, you know, a couple of times, um, you know, after the play, stuff like that. Um but what I want to ask you guys is, is, is Mahomes poised to win another Super Bowl back-to-back? And then if that's the case, win Super Bowl MVP. What do you guys think on that uh, that topic? Waylon, what do you think? Uh, Mahomes is going to win the Super Bowl. I'm calling it right now. Uh, Mahomes, basically what it comes down to is Mahomes can move throughout the pocket. 
and Tom Brady can't move five inches without uh, needing a flag from the ref. That being said, Tom Brady still he can still play, he can still dish, but Mahomes doesn't. Mahomes, Mahomes isn't dishing. Mahomes is like he's everything. Like you watch him play, I've never seen anything like it except for one man, and his name is Aaron Rodgers. And mm. Mahomes, if Mahomes can just move, if he can just get out of the pocket from that uh, and away from the JPP and Shaq Barrett, and just get it to his, just get it to his, uh, to his weapons, Miko Hardman, uh, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, uh, you know they're gonna win. I mean, look at, I mean the Bills can beat them when McCole Hardman dropped a punt on the on the one. And everything, everything was lined up for the Bills to go on from there, and they just got it to their fast guys, and it was done. As soon as the Chiefs scored their first touchdown, it was done. I called it. I, I went to bed. Mm. I knew that the Chiefs were winning. Uh, I got to bed at seven thirty. Good night of sleep. Woke up, mm. saw that Pat Mahomes was miraculous again. Felt good, you know. Yeah. Dave, Dave what do you think? Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you there. There's a zero point zero zero chance that Tampa ends up winning this game. There's just there's no shot. There's no shot with the juggernaut of an offense that the Chiefs have and the underrated defense that showed up to play against the Bills, who were the the most momentum in the NFL. They just they showed up and they're gonna show up again in this big game. And if if Mahomes doesn't end up winning Super Bowl MVP, maybe maybe he has like a pick or two. It's gonna be either Kelsey or Hill. There's, it's it's pretty obvious. They're the two two top five receivers in the league. There's there's just there's no chance Tampa has a shot at giving giving any struggle to the Chiefs. Yeah, I like I like your entry. I thought there, Dave. Now I think Tampa Bay does have a better shot than most people will give them uh, give them credit for. Like like Patrick mentioned earlier, they sacked Aaron Rodgers ten times in a game where although they don't have um, you know, the all-pro left tackle, uh, David Bacardi. Um, again, still a great offensive line in front of Aaron Rodgers and 10 sacks. Now, Eric Fisher is out after suffering an Achilles injury in, in the game against the Bills. So that's the loss of a strong offensive lineman. I think that Tampa Bay can pressure Mahomes enough, but I think that Mahomes will be too good. And I do think that although Tampa Bay has a shot, I think that the... The Chiefs will win the Super Bowl. But here's my thing with that. I don't think it'll be Mahomes. I think it'll be Travis Kelsey, who is one of the best tight ends in the sport, in the sports history, who will bring it home. Now, Kelsey had a great regular season. He was, you know, close to getting, if he wasn't rested in that last game, it was possible he could have been the first tight end ever to lead the league in, in receiving yards. Um, he's a great tight end. He's uh, good in the block. That's not his strong suit. He's really good. He's he's a huge. He's just a big receiver. He's fast. He gets open. He's a really good weapon alongside of Speedy Hill. Um, he has 21 catches, 227 yards, and three touchdowns in the playoffs, which was two games because the Chiefs had the bye. In two games, he had 21 catches. That just shows you how much Mahomes depends on him. I think he's going to have another great game. Um, another over 100-yard game. I'm thinking two touchdowns. I think he's going to have such a good game that no matter how well Mahomes plays, I think it's going to be Travis Kelsey, the tight end, to bring home the Super Bowl MVP along with a Super Bowl victory back-to-back for the Chiefs. Can I just interject here for one minute, then Dave can go? I'm telling you. uh, 
it's not going to be Travis Kelsey. I bet you when Patrick Mahomes mm. eventually hears this before Super Bowl de- uh, week, right before the game, he's not even going to throw it to Travis Kelsey. He's going to prove you wrong. He's going to throw it to everyone but Travis Kelsey, and he'll win the game by 20 points. Book it. See, I, mm, uh, I, don't, I don't know about that. I, 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 can, I understand the idea that Tampa Bay has a good has good linebackers, especially in Devin White. I'd like to see that kind of coverage. But when when you're going up against Kelsey and what he did against the Bills and what he did against the Browns, like I mentioned, the amazing stat line in the postseason, I'm expecting another type of game like that, no matter if they put a defensive back on him, if there's a linebacker. I don't think it matters. I think that uh, even if this does get to Mahomes, I think he'll still have to look Kelsey's way in a game where he's getting pressured because if Mahomes is getting pressured, he's going to dump it off to Kelsey, who's probably the closest and best receiver to him. That is true. But you look at last year at the Super Bowl, and San Francisco was said to have the best defense, the best defensive line in the league, and you see what happens. So maybe another case like that could happen this year. Thing is, though, with that with that game, it was uh, the rushing game at the end that put – that put the Chiefs over top. If you remember, the Chiefs did not did not score uh, that many points. I think it was twenty. What was it twenty two points um, that they scored in that in the game against the best defense? Um, but I'm I'll go and check that the the scoring right there. It was uh, 31-20 against San Francisco. Thirty one points is I mean for the Chiefs offense, it's a minus game, um, especially when it was twenty one points in the fourth quarter. Um, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not that worried about Mahomes having to prove me wrong or finding different receivers because if he's pressured and he will be pressured, uh, I think that Kelsey's the guy he's going to go to. All right, moving on to our final topic of the NFL, uh, Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston. Um, and it is looking like he was probably going to get his weight. The, the Texans, uh, management does not seem to... I mean, although they want him because he's obviously a generational quarterback, they don't seem to have a plan to keep him there. They're not doing a lot to to help him, help their case to have him stay. So where do you guys think that uh, this great quarterback, who's easily a franchise quarterback, could end up? And what do you think it'll take to get him there? Well, and I'll start with you. Okay. I'm a Jets fan, okay? And I want Sean Watson. And the odds are on the Jets getting Deshaun Watson. You look at any of the – you go to your bookie kids and ask them them what the odds are on Deshaun Watson. They'll tell you it's 2-1 to on the Jets, right? So everything's leaning towards the Jets. He he loves New York. A lot of his family are Jets fans. Uh, He's liking posts of him in Jets jerseys, which could all just be smokescreen for him just to get out of Houston. But you have to take some substance to it. You know, if, if he does like New York, he has a tr- no-trade clause, right? So if he likes New York, he can force his way to New York. If he likes Miami, he can force his way to Miami. But the one thing is, Houston does not have to trade him. I think they're a stubborn franchise. I think they'll try and hold it out as long as they can. So what I predict is, uh, I think he's either going to the Jets or Miami. The Jets, The Jets have the most assets, the most draft picks, the most cap space to do it. They they I could talk about this for hours, but they they can trade three first round picks and they'll still have a first round pick in the next two years. 
and they'll set up all all the other picks. So the Jets could build a team around him. He also really likes Robert Sala, the new Jets head coach. So that's another thing. He, he I mean, he's had bad head coaches before. Maybe he wants a new head coach, someone he likes. But I just think it's it's the it's the Jets or the Dolphins. I mean, I could see Carolina or San Francisco sneaking in, but they'd be trading a lot, and they they have a lot of money on the books. Well, not Carolina, but I don't know if they want to mortgage their futures for Deshaun Watson, and then they're gonna have nothing to build around him. You know? Hmm. Yeah, I, I I can see where you're coming from, Dave. What do you think? I'm I'm gonna go a shot in the wild here. I'm gonna go with the Niners. I think I think they're they're pretty good. They're a solid spot for him if he wants to fit into a solid system right away and start winning. I think the Niners are one of the best places he can do that, especially regarding the coaching situation where they don't really have to worry about that. Shanahan is a history of being a good coach, uh, handling the quarterback position well, making good design plays, and having good receivers and all that stuff. And I think the the only problem is with that is that the Niners have no they have no draft picks really. They have like yeah. they have like a twentieth pick this year and like a top another twenty pick next year. I don't know about that, but it's it's they're not gonna Houston's not gonna get much out of the trade. But I feel like if they could trade, it, it's gonna be after a lot from uh, from San Francisco. Jimmy G would also fit in pretty fine at at Houston if they if he was to be involved in the trade because I would assume they wouldn't just let him go. So. Yeah, I think I think honestly, like the top five spots where he's supposed to go, the the top five odds. I think they're all good spots, but I'm just gonna go with the Niners. Yeah, the Niners are a a good spot to land just because of they're gonna be getting healthier this year. Um, and obviously we know that they went to the Super Bowl two years ago with a healthy squad, so Deshaun Watson might be looking for that. But I'm gonna have to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now they finished with the worst record in the NFL this year. Um, so they, they have the number one overall pick. They also have the 25th overall pick in, in this year's first round, along with 11 total picks just this year. Um, they have a bunch of cap space, enough cap space at least to make, to make the trade. Um, and they have a young group of wide receivers. Well, Chanel heading that group as coming out, out as a rookie last year. Um, James Robinson was one of the hottest uh, rookie running backs this year with over a thousand yards. Um, and like I said, those picks that, that uh, Jacksonville has, that's a lot of stuff that Houston would be interested in, in a trade that Deshaun Watson would want to go to Jacksonville because of how young they are. And he's, although he's been the, the league a few years, he's still a young quarterback. So I feel like he can really build a, a strong core with him going to Jacksonville him and that young core that they have could have a strong bond. And remember, this is a team that just a few years ago went to the playoffs riding on a strong defense. Now they have lost a couple of players since then, a couple of key players, but uh, they could easily do it again. I'm expecting uh, at least the Jacksonville Jaguars to be in the conversation. Uh, but the finishing touch, at least for me, is that he's playing in Florida, the Sunshine State. Um, so I feel like I don't know if that is enough for him to to be the final push, but you know, going down to you know on the beaches and all that stuff might be a little something he wants extra. So we'll we'll have to see what happens. But for now, I'm taking the Jaguars. Can I make a little rebuttal here? Go ahead. Uh, 
There is no way that's happening. They're in the same division. Wow. Houston does not want to face Deshaun Watson two times a year. And if they, if they have to face Deshaun Watson, at least make it once every four years. Right? And another thing is, uh, Florida's not that great. Uh, Deshaun Watson being traded to uh, Jacksonville would not be the craziest thing to happen in Florida. There are a ton of weird things. I mean, I, I and Jacksonville's Jacksonville's not a premier destination. If if they don't get Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson, they're probably going to be in Mexico or London in ten years. And uh, fish and chips is not as good as they say. Wow. Well, the the final thing is, I mean, they have the space to do it, and even if. They, uh, they, I mean, like you said, even though they probably they'd be playing them once a year, it is still, you know, with the picks that they could be getting back, they they might be fine with having Trevor Lawrence as their quarterback instead of Deshaun Watson saying, all right, you can have him. We'll get the first overall pick. This year's 25th, you know, a cu- second rounders. We'll take your picks next year. They might be fine rebuilding the next two or three years and playing him then saying, we'll keep getting picks while playing you. Uh, we'll keep getting higher picks while playing you while we continue to build our young core. I still think it works in Jacksonville, even being in the same division. And now a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Moving on to the NBA now. LeBron James just last night scored 46 points uh, along with eight rebounds and six assists against the Cleveland Cavaliers, his former hometown team, and kind of twice his former team. Um, LeBron James, how long do you think he can keep this up? I mean, he's playing at an elite level um, at, was he 37 now? He's playing at an elite level right now. And uh, how long, how much longer do you think that this all time great can keep it up? Patrick, what do you think? Until he wants, Dave, to you. No, I'm just Whoa, kidding. Wow. Why, why uh, do you say no, no, that? No, I'll, I'll elaborate. Uh, LeBron James is, uh, I think he's the greatest basketball player to ever touch the face of the earth. Uh, wow. I do. I mean, you can say all you want about championships, but by the time LeBron's over with his career, I think he'll have six. I mean, he has four now. So is it really that unreasonable to think he has he's – uh, he's gonna get two more, especially if I, can interject, if I can interject right now. It's 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 a it's a different point to where he's been to ten championships. I mean, he's if if you've been the thing about Jordan, if that's what you're alluding to, is Jordan's six championships. Jordan went to six championships and won all six. LeBron's been to ten and only won four. That's a little bit of a difference there. Um, I'll let you continue now, but. I feel like well, I had to get that in there. Well, isn't it kind of hard to make it to ten championships? I mean, I mean, all this Tom Brady. Not when, not when you leave to go to a stacked Miami team. Not when you leave Cleveland to go to a stacked Miami team. Do you know what he was dealing with with Cleveland? I could have started on those teams. I could have been the starting yeah. center. They, they were the yeah. wor- He was not surrounded at all, and I don't blame him for going to Miami. Okay, he needed to win a championship. If he didn't, he would have been. He would have been criticized like no one ever before by Skip Bayless. Again, alluding to Skip Bayless. But this is the thing. He is so good. He can play until he wants to. Honestly, he's just that good. And eventually he's not going to be MVP caliber. But I don't think he's going to be – I don't think he's ever not going to be an all-star. Wow, lots of dissect there. Dave, what's your opinions? Um, I think – at, at the bare minimum, I'm giving him four to five more years, and then 
which is probably going to be when he's going to retire, to be honest. I don't think he's going to go that much longer. I think he's he's already uh, speculating. It's already speculating that he's getting tired and stuff. But I think I think he could honestly still be in his seventies and still be able to dunk a basketball. I think I think he has it's a possibility to still be on the court at that age for him at least. But I think once his are you mocking his time, me, David? No. I'm kidding. Go ahead. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying he's the greatest of all time. Obviously, nobody can pass Michael Jordan, in my opinion. Yeah. But but once his once once Brody James comes in the league, he'll pass the crown down. I think he'll he'll, he'll move on and move on with his life. But. With load management now in the NBA, LeBron can play as long as he wants to. With guys who are fully healthy getting paid millions of dollars a year to play the sport, and there's and for games they're sitting on the bench watching their team because of load management, sure, he can play until he's 80. It doesn't matter. I mean, if he's resting half the season. Uh, but I say he finishes his four-year deal, his four-year new deal with the Lakers, um, and then he's gonna. I feel like he's gonna say one more kind of farewell deal, uh, like a one-year deal, deal where he just goes around, you know, kind of they do the thing like, oh, thanks, LeBron, all that, all that different stuff. Um, I don't know which team. I mean, that could be with the Lakers. He could go back to Cleveland for that type of thing. Although I think that's kind of unlikely. Uh, that would be a five-year total. So I'm thinking until he's 41. Um, I kind of like the mention of Bronny James. Uh, there's been a lot of talks about, oh, will LeBron be able to. You know, keep playing until his son gets into the league. Um, I think that's yet to yet to be seen. But yeah, I th- I think he'll he'll finish out his contract and then kind of do a a farewell deal deal. So I I'm going five more years. But I mean, what a great job by him being you know 37 and still putting up you know MVP numbers. I think that's that's good for him and good for the sport to still see you know a guy who's been playing since the 2000s per- continue to perform. Now we're going to talk about, you know, one surprise team, one team that we think that has surprised us so far this year. Um, Patrick, what is one team in the NBA that has surprised you in the young season? The New York Knicks. Yes, hmm. I know. The Knicks have been probably the worst franchise in the NBA for the past, what, 100 years? But Probably, yeah. Is, I mean – they are a young team, right? They have some good pieces. Well, they don't really have any good pieces, but uh, they have some young pieces. Uh, yeah. RJ, Barrett's, RJ Barrett's looking like he's going to be an all-star in a couple of years. Julius Randle is playing like – I mean, honestly, he's playing out of his mind. Uh, he's uh, he, Yes. If you were to tell me he was uh, going for 25-7-7 and this year, uh, I probably would have thought you were playing 2K. But this is the thing. Uh, they're playing good defense. That like they 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 can't shoot. They can't score. But Tibbs has got them playing good defense, and it, they have an identity for the first time in twenty years. Uh, even with Mellow, they didn't even have an identity. It was kind of like uh, it was kind of just Mellow. That was the thing. Like, and now it kind of looks like we have a future. I don't want to be like, I I don't want to get ahead of myself because they're the Knicks. They can still disappoint me. You'd be surprised, but man, it's, it's refreshing. Yeah, I mean the Knicks. 
are playing really well, and you forget that their number one overall draft pick this year, Obi Toppin, is sitting out the year. So just imagine what he'll be doing with the team next year. Um, I like the next Dave. How about you? I'm as a coming from a Pacers fan, I can say that nobody thought we were going to be as good as they are this year. They're top two in the East right now. I think I think they're just they're a solid. They got a solid young core, and they have they don't really have one of those superstar players, but they have some players that have the potential to turn into future superstars, like Miles Turner, who's having who's averaging four blocks a game, double his from last year, who's he was already a defensive player of the year candidate last year. But they they just they mesh so well and that starting five they can they can just they can they can move the ball really well. They have at least four guys that can score twenty fifteen plus points every night. I think I think also with their new coaching staff, uh, Nate Bjorken, who's who's doing a really good job so far. I think uh, the Pacers surprised everyone this year. I think they can they can do pretty well in the playoffs, considering they they have been a first round exit for the last like three years. Yeah, Pacers have been playing well this year, but my surprise team is the Miami Heat, and I am not surprised of that they've been playing well. I'm surprised of how bad they've been playing. This is a team that, if anyone could remember to the bubble last year, made it all the way to the finals against the L.A. Lakers. And although the Lakers did win, they did have um, a one very solid uh, win in the finals there. They did put up a good fight, but I don't think anybody could just stop the Lakers last year. Um, but this year, I mean, just ugh, terrible. They're 13th right now in the Eastern Conference with a 6-10 and 10 record. Now, I will say this. Bam Adebayo is playing really, really well. He's putting up, you know, 20, 30 points a game. Uh, some of his bigger games are even more than that as a, as a power forward. Um, and then some guys like uh, Tyler Hero and... Um, Jimmy Butler, they've been day-to-day not playing as much this year, and they're kind of the the better, they're the star players. But, I mean, come on, you're losing. You lost to the Detroit Pistons, who are at the bottom of the Eastern Conference with a 4-13 and 13 record. They lost to the Pistons by 20. That's, that's terrible. I mean, something's not clicking that was clicking in the bubble. They have a lot of good pieces to put together, along with, like I said, Butler and Hero. They have Duncan Robinson. Gorgon, Gorgon Dragic, uh, Kendrick Nunn. Um, they've got a lot of these good pieces together, but it's just it's not enough right now. They added Andre Iguodala, I forgot to mention, who is kind of one a guy who isn't, you know, a a star player on the court, but he's more of a locker room presence. Um, it's just it's, something's not clicking. And as long as Hero, who should be coming back, um, I think it's Wednesday they said, which is tomorrow. Um, if Hero and Butler are still out, they're going to need way more from Kendrick Nunn and uh, Dragic to to be able to get. And with that, we'll move into our final segment of the episode, Bold Predictions. We're going to start with uh, you, Dave. Uh, Dave, what is your bold prediction for sports upcoming? What is your bold prediction for episode 14? My bold prediction isn't so bold, but... This is uh this is what I'm thinking. I think that Matt Stafford, you know, everyone's talking about where where's he gonna go now that he doesn't want to go back to the Lions. Well, the Colts are a great team that Matt Stafford can fit in. Every I'm pretty sure every Colts fan on fan on the planet wants him to go there. 
if not Sean Watson, but he's definitely not going to go there. But I, I think, I think definitely Matt Stafford has he's been liking posts that him and him in an Indy jersey, but he can fit in great with that O line. He has a great arm. He has great. He has better elusiveness than Philip Rivers. He has a good three to five years of like solid football left in him, and I think that's that's just that just fits the window that the Colts have to potentially go to the Super Bowl. So I feel that Matt Stafford is most likely going to go to the Colts. All right. I, I like that little bold news just because of, you know, all the what's been flying around about where he'll go um, after the Lions said that they didn't want to take him. Patrick, what do you think? Bold prediction for episode 14. Uh, I know what all the viewers are thinking right now. It's the most obvious thing going on in sports right now. Uh, Kanye broke up with Kim. So <laughs> the real question is, who is the next person in sports Kim Kardashian dates? And I have a dark horse. His name is wow. Rudy Gobert. And mm. I don't know if he's married, but I think it's going to happen. And I'm betting it tonight. Uh, it's it's going to happen. It's, it's going to be someone on the jazz. Hmm. Yeah, with that with that two fifty mil for averaging twelve points a game, he's yes. definitely yes. the top candidate. Yeah. Definitely Dave. As Shaq would like to say. As long as he's yeah. paid a lot of money, it'll happen. Wow. Riveting stuff, Patrick. Thank you for that insight. Uh to wrap up uh the episode and my bold prediction, I'm going NBA here. Um I think the Memphis Memphis Grizzlies, who right now are sixth in the Western Conference with only a seven and six record, I think they're gonna make a late push make the playoffs, and I think they are easily a dark horse contender to knock off the Lakers. Now, they, they're they a very tricky team, um, the the Grizzlies are, in their their depth. They have John Morant, who's obviously a great player. But besides that, I mean, you have um, Xavier Tillman, uh, Jared Jackson Jr., who's been playing well, uh, a couple of different young pieces. But right now, they're playing really good basketball. They've won their last uh, five in a row. Um, so, and even before those games, when they played the Lakers, I mean, they held the Lakers, who are an end, a scoring powerhouse, to 94 points and only lost, only lost by two in that game. So I think the Grizzlies are really a good – they've been playing well on the defensive side of the ball. And John Morant looks like a really, really good young player, and he's going to be – good for years to come um so for right now my bold prediction is uh it's a little out there just because of how short the season has been but i'm gonna have to go with the memphis grizzlies making a playoff push being a strong team from from now to the end of the year and i have them making the postseason with the end of bold predictions it is the end of episode 14 uh so thank you for listening to the episode um, we, we enjoyed making episode 14. Thank you, Patrick, for coming on and giving us your insight on sports. Um, we enjoyed having you on. Um, thank you for having for, me. Thank you. Yeah. For the, enjoyed it a lot. For the listeners at home, if you, loved it. If, if you listeners want to be on the podcast, you know the email after the buzzer 22 at gmail.com or the Instagram, um, which is after the buzzer pod. Um, let us know, like we said, mer- merchandise. Um, we're looking into design stuff like that. Let us know what you would, what design, what design concept you'd want, color schemes, you know, different that kind of different stuff. Because we want to, 
yeah, different items. We want to cater to you guys. So let us know what you're thinking. Um, and we will have more information on either the Instagram account. So if you're not following that, definitely go follow that. Um, and then on the next podcast, we'll have more on that. Um, but for now, that's the end of episode 14. Um, see ya.